Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Psalms 141 and 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Let me tell you, this is King Jim Bob English. Shut up. Psalms 141 and 3 is what it says. There's times, listen, I'm, I'm talking to you as a human being. There's times I've said things that I wish I could take back. Once you say them, you cannot take them back. You hear what I'm saying? Once you say them, listen, once you say them, they will be etched in your wife's memory for eternity. Once you say them, they will be etched. In, for some reason, women remember. They'll be etched there. For life. But men remember things too. It's not all about how you speak. It's not all about your ears. It's not all about your eyes. What all these lessons has been about. Is coming in contact with the real truth. That changes everything about you. It gives you a way to speak to others that's different. See, people, new Christians, even old Christians, are unconfident in their way to speak. And I have to tell you that if that's the case, you're not reading the Word of God because the Word of God gives you confidence. Paul said, I found his words and I did eat them. You know why? So he could throw them up later. To people that were broken, messed up, crazy. He found his words and he did eat them because he wanted to be able to regurgitate the word of God. We need to know it. It needs to be down inside of us. The truth comes, the anointing comes, the spirit comes when you know it. Man, I'm telling you. So he says, put away the self, man. I bet you don't know what that means. Put away your mind, your will, your emotion, your seed of personality. And then he says, become kingdom-minded. The Bible says that Jehu got the blessing because he obeyed God. And he killed Ahab in Jezreel. 2 Kings 10.29 How bit from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and that were in Dan. Listen to what he did. The beginning of this story, he runs furiously, he's anointed, he's set apart, he's drawn out. And then the Bible says he kills Ahab. Once he kills Ahab, he loses all passion for the things of God. And he leaves the idols... Right where they are. And God punishes him for that. Because when the anointing is on you, you know why I think people would rather be dead than be anointed? Because great responsibility comes with the anointing. He had a fresh anointing, the Bible says. But he didn't tear down the old idols. 
He never walked in the full blessing because he left the idols in the other places of the country. Verse 32. In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short. Hazel smote them in all the coasts of Israel. Verse 36. In the time that Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was twenty and eight years. Jehu got the kingdom because God told him he would. He got the kingdom because God anointed him. He got the kingdom because God set him apart. He got the kingdom because when he got his anointing, he got his zeal. You will never find in the Bible anyone with any more zeal, any more excitement, any more passion. The Bible says he rode furiously. But then he thought he was done. I want you to answer this question. He lost the very anointing that made him who he was. He lost the very anointing that, that broke him into the city. He lost the very anointing that allowed him to kill King Ahab. My question this evening. And what, what question I have to answer for myself is, where is your anointing? Have you lost your anointing? Are you fighting for your anointing? Have you lost your zeal? Have you lost your fire for God? Is it just second nature? Well, God, I've been in church all my life. I've done this and I've done that. Where's your anointing? Have you guarded your anointing? Is your anointing number one in your life? Do you allow God to continue to reign in your life? Do you allow God to continue to work in your life? Jehu did not finish because he did not think the anointing was worth it. He was really willing to trade his zeal for God for a position. He was willing to trade his title for a position. See, your title with God is more important than your title with man. You know, when young adults get saved or young people get saved or even people that have been in church for a long time and they just first get saved, man, they're on fire. They do some of the craziest things, but they're on fire. But what I find is they're, wor- they're on fire. They're working. They're, God's blessing them. God's transforming them. And I don't care what stage you're in. When they first get saved, you can see it all over them. Can anybody see when someone gets saved? It's all over them. But then they get to a place in their life where they begin to pass old idols. They pass old things. And what I find is that when they pass old idols, that's where they stop. Because they get stuck in the fact of, well, it used to be like this. See, they forget the brokenness that they experienced. They forget the problems that they had. Well, do you remember when we went to the club? Do you remember when we went to the bar? Do you remember when we had the big party? Do you remember when we got to snort a line? Do you remember when we did this? And do you remember when we did that? Do you remember 
Because all we can remember as human beings are the good parts about the bad times. They fall right back into that place again. Idols allow for distractions. Idols blur your vision. Idols distort your thinking. You hear what I'm saying? It causes you, your hearing. He who hath an ear, let him hear. It causes your hearing to revert back to the old ways. Then your mouth brings up old situations. Your mouth begins to bring up old circumstances. Lord, help me. When the oil begins to run down your body, your actions are different. Now, I've told you this a thousand times and I want to hurry. How do we determine our reflection after we've been anointed? Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Who is the center of who you are? Let me ask you another question. What makes up the heart of a man? Another question. What makes up the core or the center of who you are? According to Proverbs 23, 7, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The revelation comes in the word thinketh. It's the word shalar. It means to act as a gatekeeper. Have you heard this before? Well, when you get this, I'll preach something else. It means to open or to act. The same word is used in the Old Testament to speak of the gatekeeper of the temple. When you have been anointed, I need you to understand God expects you to become a better gatekeeper. Of what you're hearing. Now you know the old preachers used to say trash in, trash out. And that's good stuff. But it goes deeper than that. Because now that you have been anointed to serve. The Bible calls you a disciple. That means while learning, we are teaching. That's what it means. Methetes is the word. And while we learn, while we become better gatekeepers. Well, what does that mean? I remember when I first got saved, I was like really saved, you know, because when I was in youth group, anybody do this? We got saved every Wednesday. Thursday come, we was okay. Friday come, we was back to doing whatever we did before. And remember when I really got saved, I was 17 or 18 years old. My friend said, won't you come out with us? Just come out, just come on, man. It's, it's okay. It's just come out with us. I thought, well, okay. You don't have to do anything. I was like, why didn't I think of that? You're right. I don't have to do anything. I said, you can drive. Okay, so here we are. We load in the car. We drive. Well, that didn't work out. Because you can't go from being the life of the party to not being in the party. You, you, you. You're not the same. 
And so I, I started this thing where I'd stay home with my mom and dad on Friday night. My dad would watch Hogan's Heroes. One, one night I said to him, Dad, why in the world would you watch this? It's not even funny. He said, oh, it's hilarious. I said, you don't even laugh. He says, I laugh on the inside. <laughs> that didn't work out. You know why? Because I was, I was from a different generation. And you go through, what I need you to understand is when the anointing is upon you, when your feet begin, when God begins to guide your feet, you're going to go through an awkward experience. But you can't pick up the old idols. So now that you understand this, you've got to suddenly become a better gatekeeper. When I learned this, it helped me tremendously. If you're a person that's inclined to lust or idolatry, can't look at another person without feeling some kind of feelings about them, that is because you've let something into your heart. You hear me? Whatever you do affects you. The inside of you. The self-man. You understand? You know, you can fake everyone else out. You can put on fancy clothes. You can dress up the outside. You can make everything look pretty. But what are you on the inside? The real you nobody sees. Hmm. It's important, church. Proverbs 14.30 A sound heart is the life of the flesh. Another verse says, A heart at peace gives life to the body. What's going on in the center of who you are? Proverbs 16.9 In his heart a man plans, now this is deep, his course. The word course, write this down. Proverbs 16.9 In his heart a man plans his course. The word means to plot. Course means to plot or to weave or to purpose. Jehu I'm losing you every step I go. Jehu was so furiously running after what he thought God wanted, he did not take a moment to chart or plan or plot his course. God wants you to plot what he has for you. Well, how do I do that, Pastor? Through his word. His word will plot your course. His word will drive your course. His word will begin to guide you. You understand? Now watch this. The word course here is the way of life. i got to go back. I missed two pages. If your heart is not fully given to God in godly direction then you cannot plot your course. Now, by accident, we've talked about this a lot lately. Plotting your course. Planning your time. See, we in the church think that we can all willy-nilly come to church and do whatever and let's just be all flippant and... Ah, like love children. 
That's not how God works. You plot your course through the word of God. Listen, as the King James says it, a man's purpose is his way. The way means course of life. The direction of, the enti- of your entire life is found in the course of your heart. The Bible says the heart is evil. Who can know it? Nobody ever quotes the next verse. It says the Lord God can. Love the Lord God with all of your heart. Now, you guys are all acting like we're, we're dead and it's, it's, I'm tired and I need to go home. But I'm teaching you stuff that will help you with your everyday life. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. It's an important thing. Because if you love him with a portion of your heart, then you love something else. And whatever you prostitute your heart to is what has your heart. You can't do two things. You, you getting it? So you got to understand who you really are. Then the responsibility, I'm almost finished. Some of you are like, thank God. Then the responsibility of faith comes. The psalmist David said it like this. In Psalms 84.10, for a day... For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wickedness. The word doorkeeper means to wait in the threshold. To wait in the vestibule. He said, I'd rather be someone that waits in the vestibule of the house of God. I, I, God, there's, I'm not even worthy to be in your house. I'll just wait outside the doors. I'll put my ear up so that I can hear what you're saying because I'm really not worthy, Lord. See, we have totally taken this scripture out of context in today's society because we're not only think that we're supposed to be in the house, we think we're preachers and teachers and priests and prophets, and you are, but you've got to understand the word of God first, and we don't want to go through the journey of understanding. We don't want to go through the anointing. We don't want the power of God. We don't want the spirit of God. We don't want tongues and interpretation. We don't want to be set apart. We don't want to be holy. We don't want to be righteous. We just want the position. If you study the word further, it says to put limits on the cup, the door, the threshold. By the time that you get all of these things worked out in your life, you begin to understand your walk with God reflects Jesus Christ. Listen, Micah 6 and 8. He hath showed thee a man what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Deuteronomy 8 and 6, Therefore thou shalt keep thy commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in thy ways and to fear him. Romans 13, 13, let us all, let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riding or drunkenness, not in uh, chambering and oneness, not in strife and envy. John 8, 13, or 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
all of this. Tonight is an understanding that when the anointing hits you, it runs down you. It's a, it's a complete anointing. When they poured the anointing oil on the head of Aaron, it, the Bible says it ran down his beard, it ran down his shoulders, it ran down to the tip of his garment and dripped off. It covered him. Now normally I stopped about five pages ago because I've done lost you. But just come back with me for one second. Why is the anointing so important? Because when the anointing flows through your whole body, when it begins to drip off of you, I just read to you that you become a reflecting surface. What Jesus is, you are. See, we, God help me tonight. We, we all start out that way. We all start out, we want to be the best. We want to give God our best. We want to pray. We want to spend time with Him. We want to do it the way that the Bible says. But then something happens to every Christian and they got to decide. They begin to get a little bit colder. The things that weren't okay now are suddenly okay and they may not even be sin. But it eventually leads to it. Because we get colder and colder and colder and colder until what we used to be is okay. But now, when someone says something to us, we immediately get offended. Do you know why? Because we know the right way. We know what the Bible says and what we act like is, you're throwing it up to me. Because we're so cold. We're froze to death. And what has happened is the anointing has covered us. And what do you do with water? If I were to drip it down a pole, where would it end up eventually? At the bottom. So if you're not getting a constant flow of the anointing, a constant flow of the Spirit, if God's not constantly speaking into you, I'd love to dump this on Terry's head. <laughs> then eventually, the anointing is going to drip off of you. God had so many more things. For Jehu to do. God's got so many. You're li listen, you're living in the greatest time of the church. You know what I see? Lord help me. I was standing right here Sunday. Ron Bynum's preaching. And he preached a message of the hour. As a matter of fact, John Howe don't know it yet. But after church, we're going to talk. And he's going to pass this out to every one of you. And I hope you keep it. And I hope you listen to it. I hope you get it in your heart. What he said. I was sitting over there. And I looked back across the full church. Packed. You know why the church was packed? Everybody wanted to know what the secret was. And I kid you not, Helen, I thought I was crazy. I, you all think I am anyway. 
but right, right about right here, right behind the camera. It was like two arms. I, I left the sanctuary and came back because I couldn't get it out of my mind. It's like two arms came down and was going like this. And when it happened, those people were intently watching. As a matter of fact, there was one little girl there, Rhonda. She was, had her hands up and she was praising God. And I kid you not, this is what happened. She went like this. And I thought, I'm nuts. And I closed my eyes and I walked out of the sanctuary. And I came back in. I, I brought a water back with me because I thought, they're going to wonder why I left. And I, I didn't look back. I looked over to my left. Too big. You think I'm nuts. Two big arms. And every time it happened, four different times, those people were praising, they were worshiping, they were doing all these things. And it was, it was totally like something happened to them. Pick up their phone. One person picked up their phone. I don't know what they were doing. Another person sat straight down. Helen. Right there in the back. The anointing is important. It's the most important thing that you possess. The anointing is the Spirit of God because of your obedience. That's God saying, I'm blessing them. I'm blessing them. I'm blessing them. I added six pages to my notes so I could get there for you. Because if we walk around all the time like this, you can sit in the church your whole life. Please hear what the Lord is saying to you. This is not me. You can sit in the church your whole life and you can listen to great things. You can have statement after statement that, that you say, but if it's not changing you, if you're not hearing, if you're just listening without hearing, you're not getting that constant drip, that constant flow. That constant thing, God saying, I'm touching you. I'm changing you. See, I don't care if you've been in the church three days, 30 days, or 30 years. You should be so engulfed in the presence and anointing of God that you want it every moment and every day and every second of your life. And you should not let anything, anybody take it from you. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.